question everything. guys welcome back to question everything with your girl kelsey i hope you guys are doing great i'm so glad mercury retrograde is over um so this week i have actually a really special guest i have my best friend from high school um on and her name is jasmine we actually never went to the same high school i met her through my first job at 17 years old and she's actually the reason why i got into spirituality. She started teaching me more about crystals and your mind and your thoughts. And uh, so we connected on a deep level there. And then she's been with me since then, but I haven't seen her in so long, ever since I moved to Vegas. And then she went to college in Washington. We just do a long distance best friend relationship. (laughs) Anyways, let's welcome Jasmine. Hello. Oh, hey. It's so good to see you, Kels, and, like, so warming to think about, like, our, like, relationship history. But I know. It's been so long. I know. (laughs) All right. So for those of you who don't know you, uh, give a little information about yourself. Um, I am a cat mother. Just kidding. I'm just saying that because my cat's right here. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Um, So I... Let's see, where do I start? So I graduated. I don't know. I always start with my education for some reason. I graduated (laughs) in undergrad uh, studying psych and sociology and like almost got a minor in women and gender studies. So like I'm super interested in like how people work, how the collective works, how they're related and like multicultural considerations. Um, Right now I'm studying to be a clinical mental health counselor and I work with kids that are like two to 21. So I work with like a broad range of families. Um, but aside from all of that, um, I'm published in a yoga counseling paper. So like yoga and spirituality is like really what I'm passionate about. And like combining the two is my jam. That's amazing. I love that you have a logic from both ends of the spectrum too, because most people just stick to like, oh, just spirituality, but you mix both of spirituality and psychology, which is amazing. Yeah. And that's what I try to do too. But obviously, I don't have a degree in psychology. <laughs> you can always self teach, like all the infos out there. You probably know more familiar things than I do. <laughs> <laughs> like the book that I was telling you about the um, children with unemotional parents or growing up with unemotional parents and how that shapes us. That was a good book. Mm-hmm. I recommend. Yeah. yeah, that's a big part of what I'm doing right now, like in my internship. Love that. So um, I remember when we were we were younger, when we were kids. Um, <laughs> you you went to a like a Catholic high school, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Catholic school forced by my parents since I was in second grade, and literally until now, like it hasn't stopped. That is crazy. So how do you do? You think that there's a a difference between like religion and spirituality, or how do you how do you deal with that? Because I know that not everyone who is Christian believes in spirituality and not everyone who is spiritual believes in religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I would not say I'm religious by any means. I would say I'm absolutely spiritual. And so how I conceive that, um, I have a very strong feeling towards particularly like the Catholic Christian church, as most people do. Um, I, because I was grown up in it and then I kind of see, I've kind of seen what has been exposed for kind of like plays into my definition. So like I define religion to be an organized hierarchy per se. 
like usually organized and there's usually a hierarchy of like who can do what who can say what and there's like rules versus spirituality is like a spiritual experience and relationship with yourself in connection to like the divine or the universe or source spirit why do you why do you think that a lot of religious people get offended or de- not demonized but say we're playing with demons and stuff why do you why do you think that they think that way well as i've learned from you but like also like um just like i don't know i've learned in many different sectors that like predictive programming and like you know the way that biases have been written and um people have been in power to take away like that individual freedom and that individual connection and make it more so like an external thing so that it can be controlled and regulated it's easy for someone to be influenced like I feel like people don't realize how easy it is to be influenced and that's what I talked last week on my episode about how our egos if they are targeted we don't realize how easy it is for us to be influenced because our egos are the ones being offended our egos are the ones kind of making decisions for us if we have attached ourselves to that fake persona so in psychology do they talk to you or have you learned about the ego and separating that from your authentic self I don't even know if they would refer to that in psychology but like do you think that that's the reason why people get influenced so easily or how do they get influenced so easily Mm -hmm. that's actually really cool that you bring that up so I have like this personal theory paper that I'm working on for school And it's like your personal theory about like life and like what you believe. So like what I believe is that we are put on earth to go through like trials of love to be tested, to choose our ego or to choose like love and like authentic connection, whether it be like with ourself or connecting with ourself through other people or like through the divine. So um, to answer that question, I mean, in psychology, they talk about like the Freudian aspect of like um, the ego, the id, the super ego, super ego telling you like, be a good fucking person <laughs> and the <laughs> it telling you like eat chips bitch like don't do shit and like the ego being like uh oh, happy balance la 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 you're a human so like that's how i conceived it for a while but then like when i learned more about like um i have okay i have this thing that i'll show you i have vibrational skills actually i can't take it off my wall but vibrational skills of consciousness so like <clears throat> i believe that like the individual um can be in like, you know, these different scales of consciousness, whether it be like shame, which is low vibration, enlightenment, the highest vibration. Um, And I think that by controlling and like supplementing your frequency, your ego is more inclined to make different kinds of choices. So like your ego would be inclined to like selfish short-term gratification, but like you would be more inclined to listen to your ego when you're in a lower state of consciousness. Yeah. And I think this... This planet is definitely very low vibrational. I mean, although recently I feel like the energy has been has been getting up there and has been heightening and everyone with everyone awakening and actually tapping into their authenticity. Um, it's getting, it's gone a lot better, but I could still see the low density people being brainwashed and um, all that. Like my cousins, my mom was actually ranting about it this morning to my aunt because my aunt is super like she's crazy like she's a psychic a medium a tarot reader but she's she's gotten so intense with it that I haven't talked to her in a while and I talked to her like two days ago and she gave me a tarot reading but the amount of information that she gave me was insane and so spot on it was so crazy like she was seeing faces of people I've never told her about but she was describing them she's like yeah I see this person in your energy I see 
your dad is angry at this like so many things like just seeing that and then the next day she texted me and she was like hey did you just buy something and I was like uh yeah I bought a book on Amazon um why and she was like your guides would not let me sleep last night and they told me that there's something in that book that you need to read she was like is it blue silver and white and then I sent her a picture of it and it's the untethered soul I don't know if you've heard of it and I sent her I was like no way this is what the, like the color of the book and she's like yeah you need to read it but read it carefully because there's a message in there for you and I was like what the heck it was so crazy but her and my mom were talking about it this morning and how um her her kids she has three sons they're very like very three-dimensional materialistic and so so is my brother and they're all close so my mom and her were talking about it like we don't know how to get to their heads because me my mom my aunts all my aunts are very spiritual my girl cousin is very spiritual so most of my family is very spiritual but the boys the boys cannot get it through their head and we've just been like going back and forth and I mean, I've talked about my brother so much on this podcast, but even my cousins, like my cousin from the beginning of this journey, he was like, I'm never listening to your podcast. I hope you know that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but like, it's so crazy how I think it also has to do with masculine energy. What do you think about that? Like masculine and feminine energy, the, the need of balancing those two. Mm -hmm. I think, I don't know. I feel so strongly about the yin and the yang, you know, like in each individual, like every person I think is a universe. And so like we have our feminine energy and we have our masculine energy and we also have the masculine and the feminine, the feminine and the masculine. But like on a collective scale. <clears throat> um, so like going back a little bit to what you said about like, you know, people are changing like the age of Aquarius, like we are physically changing on a molecular level. Um, but I think like the general energy has been a lot of masculine energy, like dominating hierarchies, like patriarchal culture, um, America being so individualized versus collectivistic culture can be seen as very like masculine versus feminine. So I think like with the age of Aquarius, like there will be a return of collective feminine energy. But I think on an individual level, that is like due to I don't know like just like a collectivization of awakening and like new souls so like I um you shared a little bit about your spiritual experience um I love that you can share that with your family and you know like some more than not but um I went to this spiritualist uh yeah cool spiritualist loved finding her and she basically said that like I'm I come from Pleiades or like I am Pleiadian and a lot of people in our generation are Pleiadians so like we are here to like give messages and like spread it so I think that's like a big help if that answers your question <laughs> yeah it, it does help knowing like where you come from I want to get a past life regression so bad like so bad the other day this guy who also reads my energy um he he actually was the one who told me um when my TikTok account got banned last year he told me that someone is wishing harm on me and he was saying that someone's putting spell on me and all this stuff and I had a dark energy so he was the reason I started cleansing and stuff because I didn't know what was going on with me at the time and so we kept in touch for so every time he receives something about me he tells me and recently he told me that um that I'm being guided right now and protected by aliens and he was like they have been visiting you and they even implanted a chip inside you and 
it's crazy because when he said that like two nights before that i had a dream that i was in in the moon base and like i was in space so i was like oh my god maybe i i, I was actually there and then he the thing that was really interesting was he was said that i'm being protected by a reptilian which kind of makes sense to how i've been saying that there's not just malevolent reptilians there's also benevolent ones who are sick of the malevolent ones attacking humanity so there's one of those protecting me um and then he said that he he didn't really tap into my past lives but they were saying that i was i was a little boy i was a mother and i was a shaman and he couldn't read the rest but that's all he got and the little boy one just like blew me away because I also had a dream like three months ago or two months ago and this is like a reoccurring dream where I'm being I'm stuck in a basement but I'm not I'm not Kelsey I'm this boy I'm this little boy and I can't get out of this basement and I try to escape but every time this man just puts me back into this basement and it's the scariest dream but I keep having it it's reoccurring so I was like trying to look up like little boys who were found in basements and stuff to see if I recognize the picture and then there was one boy specifically that happened in like the 80s and I think his name was Eaton something and he was the boy the first boy who was on the milk carton and he was found in a basement and was taken by this old man this Mexican old man and so I was like what if I was him <laughs> that would be crazy he kind of looked familiar but at the same time I was like am I being biased but I just thought it was crazy but now I really want to know if um my past lives because he also said that before i incarnated on earth i was definitely from another planet and he tapped into how i see things he was like you don't think like how others think he is like i see geometric shapes and you are not comfortable with um quote the quote-unquote truth like you you dig deeper than what is shown and i was like i mean i thought everyone thought that way i don't know and he was like no you think so differently than other people and i was like well now i need to now I need to get a past life regression. I need to know more. <laughs> yeah. Do you keep a dream journal or have you ever? I did. And I did for the longest time last year. And I would write some dreams, but then I stopped. Mm -hmm. But recently with these really vivid dreams, I've been keeping it. Like also the other night I dreamt that we were in a camp, like a FEMA camp almost. And then there was this portal and this alien came and he was like, we're helping you guys and then the Russian anthem came on it was so crazy and sometimes I like I feel like um, I need to discern because I'm like I've been reading this information for so long that sometimes you know your subconscious projects that in your dreams so I don't want to say like oh yeah that's a vision or maybe it's just the information I've been retaining just projecting in a dream yeah I hear that I um so after I went to that spiritualist a while ago, I started connecting more with my guides. I like always was connected with one of my guides. Yeah, that's an another story, but I was always connected with one of my guides. I'll just say, I believe is like my grandmother who passed away like when I was in like eighth grade. So that was like, I don't know, like over 10 years ago. This was a long time ago. And um, yeah, like over 10 years ago. But so I will like go to sleep and I'll like say like, I'm open to receiving information from my guides. And then like I wake up and I take, pretty good notes on my dreams. I try to, but the craziest thing happened to me when I was pulling tarot cards, like something told me to like meditate on this one tarot card and like look at my dream journal. Cause like the tarot card was something about dreams. So I was looking through my dream journal, even though I hadn't written in it in months. And I started noticing this like place that I kept going to. And so I kind of meditated on all the details culminated from all those dreams. And like I experienced my death in a past life and met one of my guides. And that was just like the trivia shit that's ever happened to me. And so 
That's so cool. What the heck? Wow. I need to start listening to my intuition more. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever like woken up from a dream talking? Hmm. No, not that I remember. Have you? It's been happening to me a lot. Like I wake up talking, but it's, I don't remember what I'm saying, but I know it's advice. And it's always Mm. like, it's like I'm repeating advice to myself. And this this happened during the moon episode, the moon episode, the moon dream that I had. I woke up saying, like repeating what they were telling me. Like I woke up saying it out loud verbally. It was something about like sovereignty and self. And like, I know it's something that I usually talk about, but it was something else. And I was like, why can't I remember it? Like I woke up talking about it. And then once I was conscious, it, like I stopped talking, obviously, because I was like, what is going on? But I thought it was so crazy. <laughs> Yeah, that's so interesting. I'm just thinking about right now, like the psychology between, um, do you think you were talking that in your dream and you were saying it again when you woke up? Like, do you think you said those things in your dream? Yeah. So they asked me to repeat those things. So I would remember they were like a repeat after us. So like they would give me the advice and then I would repeat it back. But, but then I would wake up saying it out loud. Yeah, because I'm thinking about like the different ways that our brains work in remembering information. And um, yeah, like the different ways that our brains process information into our memory, but like a big way of instilling it like on a subconscious level is saying it out loud three times. So it sounds like your guides really wanted you to bring that into your life. Yeah. Wow. Now, now I feel guilty for not remembering. It'll come back. I promise. Probably. I mean, I can't promise, but like your guides will probably make it show up again. I mean, it has happened a couple of times. So they're probably like, God, this girl, (laughs) she won't remember it. (laughs) And speaking of psychology and dreams, do you guys ever study dreams or did you study dreams while you were in school? Mm, We never spent a lot of time talking about it. There were like some classes that we could have taken to study it or like some theorists that we could have taken. But, um, I mean, like the major topics, like laying the groundwork for it are like your subconscious, um, process, brain processing and REM sleep. So like your subconscious there, um, what else? And then like symbolism, but I, I got my dreams interpreted one time by like a psychotherapist and they like mainly asked me questions about like in this context of your life, like, and in the dream, did you feel like you were trapped or that you had freedom and like themes of like permanence and impermanence were big things. Yeah. Cause sometimes um, I feel like dreams are definitely uh, messages or it's us in the astral realm or it's literally just our subconscious bringing up things that we need to work on. Because I also have been having uh during the mercury retrograde because mercury retrograde brings up old things or old wounds obviously that you haven't healed or you haven't learned lessons from so usually during mercury retrogrades i do have dreams of my past and um i've been having a lot of because i struggle a lot with like an eating disorder during high school so i keep having dreams of me overeating and then i wake up like super frightened and i'm just like see this is my subconscious trying to bring up this wound so i can work through it and then I do shadow work. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. That's that so cool, cool that like you can listen to your own intuition and your own self to be able to like do work on yourself. Like you are such a universe. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the other day when you texted me um, that screenshot, do you want to share that? I really like what you wrote. Oh, yeah. You mean like that long ass screenshot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Sure. 
Did you notice that when you screenshot it, you screenshot it, I think at like 22 or something or 444. I don't remember which mm-hmm. angel number I, it was, but. I did. Twos, ones, and fours are big numbers for me. Same. <laughs> That's so funny. It's saved on my phone. Um, I tried to start writing a rap, but then I just got into like the spiral of deep thoughts. <laughs> okay. So some things that I kind of already talked about. Okay. So where I could start with talking about um, types of theories in counseling that have helped me understand like spiritual awakening, if that makes sense, like material tools for spiritual awakening from a counselor perspective or things from a sociological lens. Why not both? (laughs) All right. What should I start with? Um, A therapy one. Okay. So... I'm just going to read it all, I guess. So I used to think that life's purpose was to heal yourself so that you could heal the world. And I still think that, but I think it's more about like expressing yourself and the universe that is yourself and experiencing the universe through yourself and other people. Um, and so someone said something that really caught my eye like a while ago, that each breath is like an invitation to hang out with yourself. And so like little sentiments like this, like is how I found myself feeling. And so like when I was little, I've always tried to like figure out just like all the answers of life. And I thought I had to create like a philosophy book that was like everything I believed and that is what I would stick to. And with that is like duality, objectivity, seeing life only through a very small part of myself. And that's just like not fun. (laughs) So um, (laughs) I had a lot of expectations and a lot of disappointments. So I understand now that it's not really about fixing or deciding what I believe about the world and other people, but I feel like it's about like bringing awareness to myself, my needs, thoughts, feelings, behaviors, so I can shift unhelpful coping strategies that I have to like better meet my needs. So I'll explain like two super brief modalities that I really love. One is um, CBT. A lot of people don't like it, but it's like cognitive behavioral therapy. And that's bringing awareness to the fact that, so it's kind of like a tree, right? Like the roots, the trunk, and the leaves of a tree. The thoughts are the roots of the tree, and they feed into the feelings, which then feed into the actions. So the underground tenant is that when we bring awareness to the thoughts that we have, we project our own reality to combine it with some spiritual terminology. So I thought it just like popped off because like, this is what I'm teaching kids and stuff. And if I get to teach kids how they can project their own reality, like that shit's fire. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. (laughs) I try to teach my kids the same thing, especially um, right now. Yesterday I went to Barnes and Noble with one of them and I bought her one of Eckhart's books because she really liked the, the concept of ego and she wants to learn more about it. And I I was like, okay, I'm buying you this, but you better take notes and you better highlight. And she was (laughs) like, I'm so excited. But the, the, the tree theory that you just explained. So earlier, ironically, I just, I tweeted today that our, our view on life, like our perspectives are molded by our experiences, meaning that like everything we go through creates thoughts and then those thoughts create beliefs and those beliefs create emotions and then those emotions create your reality or your projections um it was actually i actually got that from a course in miracles i don't know if you've heard about it Mm -hmm. i have it i haven't read it though you have it i actually don't have that book but i have um this moment is your miracle which references the course in miracles a lot so he put the chart on one of the chapters and i was like that makes so much sense like People are not in control of their thoughts, and that's why everyone, everyone's individual experience is 
molding everyone's perspective on life and that's why there's different opinions and that's why there's no agreement to anything because no one's willing to open up their minds and let go of their beliefs but it's really attaching yourself to those thoughts and attaching yourself to those beliefs which is also ego but (laughs) Mm -hmm. that just like all blew my mind can you say more on like the ego part so hold on let me actually grab the book so basically he was talking about how you have the choice of in the beginning from your desire you have the split of choosing whether you're choosing from spirit or ego which is basically authentic self or ego and then it ripples out to your perception mm, i see yeah it's yeah like the tree right mm-hmm. yeah like with the tree you can choose like in therapy we'd call it like a maladaptive thought or like an unhelpful thought pattern or you can choose like to construct an affirmation for yourself so like every morning and like i know you do this too like i say my affirmations i say them each three times so i can you know program what i want you think that affirmations really do help you mm-hmm. yeah i don't know like what realm of um like i was saying earlier when you say things out loud three times that's like super powerful for like your body to feel and your mind to soak in and swallow i feel like um i kind of had to like fake it till i made it kind of thing like i kept telling myself every single day and then i just started doing it and consciously doing it and then another thing i started doing since last year is catching any negative thought and transmuting it to positivity so if it was like um i'm ugly today or i feel ugly today or whatever i'd be like but my eyelashes look pretty or something like i would just try to transmute it because i was like no because your words are powerful and then your brain your brain is going to retain that and then it's going to lodge into your subconscious Mm -hmm. your thoughts become your words your words become your actions your actions become your habits there's beliefs somewhere in there too but yeah (laughs) all right read the read the second part of your yeah so as i'm like talking about this i'm just like thinking there are a lot of things that i'm leaving out about working with people and like religions and stuff for the religious part, whatever, we already talked about that. But like with working with people, you know, of course, you're always going to have like trauma um, considerations about like environmental context and stuff. But I think it really boils down to like, we are all able to control our bodily. So like our body being like our mind, our spirit, our soul. Sometimes it's hard to control. So like a lot of the things that I'm talking about are just like ways to help bring awareness to yourself to be able to grapple with that. Um, So I explained the tree. And then the second one that I really like is internal family systems. Um, And I learned about this a couple weeks ago and just (laughs) so (laughs) it works. So internal family systems is like our self, like each person is composed of different parts of their inner self. So um, let's see how many parts are there. One, two, three, four. So there's one part is called the exile, the exiled part of yourself is the part that holds your traumatic experiences, has a need for attention and nurturing from others. So it's like a need to like tell your stories. Um, And then another part of you is the firefighter. So the firefighter extinguishes the exiled. So for example, like for me, my firefighter fucking loves pot. So like I smoke (laughs) weed to, you know, firefight and extinguish my exile, you know, like the part of me that holds my trauma. Um, And then the third part is the manager. So the manager wants to maintain control and power in your life and relationship so you don't get hurt. I think of like, have you ever had like a bitchy boss that, you know, kind of is like vulnerable as a person, but like they try to micromanage everyone else? Yes. (laughs) 
yeah. So like that's the manager. I guess we all have a little bit of that. Sometimes it doesn't show up very often, but um, and then the last part is like your true self and your true self. Let's see, I guess I didn't write about that, but your true self is kind of like what you are trying to be in control of the whole time. So like, I don't want to let my firefighter be in control because I don't want to just like when I smoke weed, I used to be able to be like really with it, but now I like really can't. So if I let my firefighter take over my life, I wouldn't graduate. <laughs> um, so yeah, just like bringing awareness towards these parts and seeing like how you can meet that part's needs and when you need to tone it down so that you can let your true self be in control. Um, and a, the biggest part of this is like offering empathy for what they do out of necessity to protect you, right? Like the manager person is micromanaging everyone else because that part of them is working so hard to keep them safe, essentially. So, so would that kind of coincide with like the super ego, id ego or whatever the, uh, I don't know, all of them? <laughs> um, I would say that the, my conceptualization of it is like this, the ego or the id, the ego and the super ego are like all on a scale, like maybe not like hierarchical, but like it's all on like a scale versus like the firefighter, the manager, the exiled and the true self are all in like a pie chart. You know, so like okay. there's nothing ranking above one another, mm -hmm. except you want the true self to be in control. But. Okay, so you said you talked about how you smoke weed and how you're not like able to control it now. Like, what do you mean? Do you think that you were able to function with it and now you can't or? Mm, I think it's like a lot of intentionality and like awareness. Um, so like before I would smoke weed and like read for school about sociology and, you know, like learn a lot. And it would be like exciting because when you smoke like anandamine, anandamide fires off in your brain and that's learning new things is sick and like um, you're rewarded for it. Um, but lately I've been smoking because I'm stressed. I smoke to like extinguish my stress. So it just kind of makes me like dissociate. I'm working on it, but there's a difference. <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. And speaking of uh, recreational drugs, <laughs> um, can you talk about your trips that you've had with psychedelics? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was really into acid at first and then like shrooms, I felt like was more naturey. But I had this crazy experience in Sedona. I went to the Cathedral Rock and it's a energy vortex. And like the theme of the energy vortex was a balance of masculine and feminine energy. And I kid you not, I felt like a crazy person. I was like in the car, I was like writing a book. Um, and all I could write, you, you came up a lot. I was like, every couple of pages, I was like, Kelsey already knows this, <laughs> but like every time, okay. Before I say that part, every time I trip, my spirit tribe comes into my head and like, I'm usually in like nature. So not usually a lot of the time I'm in nature and I don't have service, but I always try to make a group chat of like you, some of my friends from school, Quan. And for some reason, I feel like we were all put here to like teach each other different things. Or maybe we're all star seeds or, you know, something like that. But, um, <clears throat> so when I was in Sedona, I was just like writing a lot of, um, I guess like dualities. Like I was writing like fear, love, time. Who's got time for time? I wish I had like the book ready to read. It's somewhere over there. I could grab it. But um, I just like felt like an inner knowing that ancient wisdom was speaking to me in some way. Wow. <laughs> what about that time that you were in Vegas and then you called me and you said you saw reptilians? <laughs> oh my God, that was the scariest moment of my life. Kelsey. <laughs> 
So I was like really getting into conspiracies then. And I know that I was when I was getting into conspiracies, I was in a low vibrational state because it was out of fear because I was learning about things in ways of like hate and fear. Like, oh, I hate that they're doing this. I hate that other people are doing this and I'm so vulnerable. And like, I had to remind myself constantly, like I am divinely protected to give myself peace. <sighs> so <laughs> with that, um, I was tripping. We all took acid. We were in Vegas and I was with my best friend Quan and like his friends. And then, um, so like we were all friends. And Quan was like very much in at the time, like everything's not that deep jazz, like just wipe it. And I'm out here like writing a book in the back about the flower of life and how life is a flower and like everything is that deep. And like, I like to take acid to get that deep. Like that's just who I am. I study mm -hmm. depth. And um, so for him to shoot it down, like, right. I felt like I was entering the fifth dimension girl. I was on the toilet and I like, thought that I had my period. I guess I did have my period, you know, I was fucking tripping. Who knows? But I was like, I just like shit out 2020 and I am birthed <laughs> into 2021 for like lack of a better terminology, like the fifth dimension. And I was looking around and it, I could see the flower of life geometrically everywhere. Yeah. And it was very green, like very full of love. I felt like I was literally in the fifth dimension. Like I thought I saw people changing and I felt such an overwhelming feeling of love. Cause this was right after I read my whole book about everything that I believe about the world and the cosmos. And then, um, and then I guess it was one of our friends first time tripping. So Quan was like, you're scaring her like with all your passion. I was like, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, um, I don't know. I don't even know if that was the situation, but that was what was happening. And so it wasn't until you told me that I was probably in the fourth dimension when I made sense of it. Cause at that point, everything started getting really scary. I thought that two of the people there were like agents there to keep me down. They were going to harvest my adrenochrome. Like all of my fears from the conspiracies started coming true. I was like looking at my tattoos. I have like like a sun and a moon. And I was like in the center. I thought they were going to like kill me. And this was like a ritual. And I was so fucking scared. And then I just kind of went with what was going on. And I realized that was all in my head, but fuck bro. <laughs> yeah. When you FaceTimed me, um, and you started saying that you were seeing reptilians and all that stuff. And Quan was saying, uh, you're freaking out the other girl other girl that was tripping i guess i don't know but then i feel like they were making it so much worse for you because they were just like telling you to leave and stuff and i was like no it's like it's okay and then you were just like they're gonna get me they're gonna get me there's an agent in here <laughs> there's an agent in here and i mean like i mean that kind of i mean there are npcs that could be like agent smith who keep us down and keep us in the low vibration and keep us asleep so never know but um, it's funny that you mentioned that you were, well, it's not funny, but it's interesting that you mentioned. I can laugh now. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that you mentioned that you were um, in fear and you went into it because of the conspiracy theories that you went into in fear. Because I actually just talked about that on my last episode that I feel like at this point we should stop focusing so much on the details of it and stop pointing fingers and blaming the elite and stuff because essentially we are all one so that they are kind of emanating the darkness within all of us. So um, that's why, because if we focus so much on the details and who's doing what, what's going to happen next, what the chemtrails and all this stuff, like that's just subconscious, even if you're not consciously aware of the fear, subconsciously there's going to be fear because you're trying to know everything. You're trying to figure out the adrenochrome and all this stuff. So that perfect example right there, because obviously your subconscious blurted everything out with the drugs. So 
that's crazy. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, there's a fine line between maybe it's not so fine. Maybe I'm just figuring it out with <laughs> like a line between awareness and dwelling, you know, mm-hmm. like in the context of therapy, I always tell my clients like, oh, it's so important to feel your feelings, but like, don't dwell in the unhelpful ones, you know, like use your coping skills. What can you do? And so like the same thing with your outlook, you know, I so value my awareness of like, you know, predictive programming, symbology, um, chemtrails, like the greater things that are going on, but like not dwelling in like what seems like the hopelessness of it or whatever. Because like when I did, I would notice that all the information I was intaking, I was intaking from like a small lens of only seeing the bad Mm. versus like holding that awareness and expanding that into, and there's so much more like, this isn't all there is. There's also so much of light and love. And I can then put on that lens and see things through that lens. Yeah, exactly. Like if it's, if there's that much darkness, there is that much light as well, like the equal amount of light and love. But if we're giving all the power to the darkness and seeing it through the small lens, like you said, then that's what we're going to feed. That's what we're going to keep feeding. So it's good to have awareness, but don't dwell on it. And I always tell my kids that too, like in regards to their feelings, don't dwell on it, but observe your feelings and feel it out. And when people give that advice, they're like, well, how do I not dwell on it? You know, how do I not, how do I stop thinking? And usually I tell them to, well, I actually bought my kids journals. So I buy them journals and then I tell them to write it out. And then if that doesn't help them, then try meditating. My kid actually just started meditating this week and she loves it. And I'm so happy. Um, I'm like, try meditating, try like taking a break from social. Um, because really, if you're on social all the time, you're unconscious, like you're unconscious. So you're not aware of your thoughts and your thoughts are just going to keep cycling. So when you get off your phone, they're going to come up and they're going to keep cycling. So it's better to like, go take a walk, um, journal, saying dance do something that's not gonna keep your mind at that unconscious state Mm -hmm. yeah i did like research on what social media is doing to adolescents um and like god i could really get into that but like the two the biggest (laughs) yeah the biggest thing that i found was that there's a such a difference in an active use of social media and a passive use so passive use, you know, is just when you're scrolling and like you said, like you're not aware of like your sensations, your like yourself as a person, I feel like. Um, but when you have an active use, you know, like, like I I used to be such a hater about like my phone, but I was also like so addicted. So I was like, okay, like how do I like realistically, you know, navigate this? And so I guess what the research says is that when people use it in an active way, like they're actively trying to communicate with other people, actively trying to like find information, then that is more of maintaining your individuality. If that's a good term for it. So with more intention rather than just doing it. Mm-hmm. So I have the intention of watching TikToks for hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, I also studied that um, in school. I actually did a paper on the effects of social media on mental health and it's insane mm-hmm. and now learning more about spirituality and sovereignty it like completely diminishes it and separates us from our soul even yesterday when I went to my kid's house her little sister she's eight and she's obsessed with Fortnite and all those other games and she was playing video games the whole time but she was completely unaware of like that I w- that I was even sitting in the living room and I was just like that's so kind of, it's kind of scary and like I know like back then I would have been like I'm gonna be the cool mom that lets my kids with technology and like lets them play video games and stuff I'm not gonna be Karen but it's not even like 
being strict or being caring it's like looking out for their connection with themselves rather than just disconnecting themselves from who they are you know Mm because it's going to cause more problems down the line yeah have you heard of five nights of freddy Mm -mm. what is that bruh shit is wild so a client so like clients have always told me about it um elementary school age and they've always said like you know it's this like scary ass creepy thing that kids do but it's like a game i think and um but one of my clients yesterday was showing me a drawing and apparently it's like monsters that are like they have dead kids bodies inside of them and the monsters are like a mask over that dead kids body and and kids just like eat this up (laughs) i know this is what i'm saying like trends are scary like my my kid yesterday was telling me how she's seen videos online and it was a a website being passed along in their friend group or whatever it was about people slaughtering other people but it was actual videos like of people killing people or shooting people because people love that stuff or kids mm-hmm. kids love that stuff i guess mm-hmm. and they they're very they're like we were using we're using it as reference oh she wasn't but she said that her friends were using it as reference for art because they like like the grunge and like all that i was like what I never went through that. <laughs> I feel like, okay, like art expression, good for you. Love that. But like, I don't know. I just think that like people's thresholds of being capable of violence and like people's thresholds of what they are capable of is so lowered when they're exposed and desensitized to these things. I mean, like, you know, like what you're exposed to creates your thoughts and like permeates your reality so yeah i always bring it back to awareness of what you're surrounding yourself with it's funny because eckhart tolle uh, he talks about the pain body and how our pain body is essentially like our shadow it's another dimension of our ego but it comes up and it feeds on other pain so that's why people like action films that's why people like um, ufc wars um watching people kill each other i don't know but he was like if you really think about it if you were an alien from a different planet or a person from a completely different, I don't know, area, uh, and you came down and you saw people were paying to watch other people kill each other. Like, how crazy is that? Yo. Yeah, like, that's insane. And it's the reason we enjoy it, or I don't. <laughs> I, I never liked fighting. I hate UFC. I always turn it off. I, know, I don't even like action films. But the reason people enjoy it is because their pain body needs to feed on that. Needs to feed on that low vibration. And that's also why pain bodies come out um, in arguments and um, getting a reaction out of people or just insulting people because they need that reaction from that other person to, for that pain body to keep existing. That's why I, I feel like if we acted from a place of authenticity and healed the pain body then we would stop feeding other people's pain bodies and that would have a ripple effect and a continuum of healing and stop this violence Mm -hmm. yeah that makes me think of like a couple things but like one thing that i wanted to talk about was like do you remember when i sent you that thing i was reading in a um, psychology book about the reptilian brain yes so there's um like your prefrontal cortex, which is like your higher mind. And then your, I don't want to butcher the terms, but basically there's like two parts of your brain. And like one is like the basics. And then the other part is like the higher functioning. And so like when you go through a traumatic experience, or if you're just experiencing chronic stress and you're in fight or flight so persistently, your ability to cognitively engage, like to be rational is totally out the roof. And so you go back to like your, um, 
whatever it like it's almost like when you re-experience trauma your body's experiencing it again Mm -hmm. so like for me I'll just do some disclosure like I have a lot of trauma around being ignored and so like when someone specifically people that I'm close with you know like I'm good at keeping my shit together when I'm in public but like if it's people that I'm close with my decision brain shuts off I feel so like unseen and I just like want to attack like I'm like an animal because like that part of my brain is shut off yeah with the pain brain that what is it called pain Pain brain yeah so I guess I kind of relate it's kind of the same thing but the way he described it is like um it's an energetic body that we all carry ever since birth because um also we there's a potential of us uh getting our parents pain body passed on to us plus our past past life pain bodies too so Uh you never know what what it is what what trauma is being triggered but uh bringing awareness to it when it comes up is Mm -hmm. key to diminishing it and killing it Mm -hmm. but of course it's going to take a while you can't just do one prompt of shadow work and it's gone or realize it's active and it's gone you have to keep working on it keep applying awareness um there was actually uh he gave an example of how this this couple was fighting and the they were not agreeing on anything and then the the male and the couple got really aggressive started throwing things um lashed out um, was abusive and later on he came back and he was like yeah I don't know what came over me like I was fully unconscious because his pain body took over and he even said in the book that he's like at one point in time once the evolution of consciousness happens like we we will be able to say like the pain body took over it wasn't them but at the same time people were kind of criticizing him and saying that people should take responsibility for their own pain body rather than blaming it on their oh it was just my pain body like that wasn't me you know and I I, kind of agree because like it is still a part of you you know Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's a big part of like why we're here you know like to heal ourselves to heal the collective because like the collective is the individual so like by working on our shit not only does it fix our not fix but like help our projected reality it also literally heals the collective as a whole yeah and and (laughs) saying in um Ayurveda like the sister science science of yoga um there's like five bodies it's called like the koshas it's like um I'll pull it up really quick because I really want to okay <laughs> this person and they have like all of their chakras these are like the different kinds of energies mm-hmm. but the person's body there's one two three four five layers so there is from the ground up there's the anamaya kosha which is like the basic level like you know like my Maslow's hierarchy so it's sustained by food so it's like the physiology of the body there's a pranamaya kosha which is our energetic body a monomaya kosha which is the psycho-emotional part of our body so like our feelings a lot of that's like our solar plexus energy chakra um and then there's vijnanamaya kosha vijnana is wisdom so that is like the aspect of our consciousness that lets us witness understand and release limiting beliefs and then there's the Anandamaya Kosha, which is encompassing of our inherent positive qualities. So like the way that I learned my yoga training was that through mindfulness and awareness, we can bring awareness to like all of the layers of our being to like heal ourselves and however we need to. I love it. So is it like a kind of a part of our auras? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen or gotten like an aura picture taken? 
okay so this is kind of off topic and kind of like but i was staring at you the whole time oh by the way guys i'm recording on zoom so i'm on zoom with jasmine right now but i was staring at you and i could see your aura what does it look like so it's it's kind of like white and then there's a little bit of green in it and but it's like floating like this i don't know recently i've gotten um closer to fully attaining my gifts and then i, I before we talked i did a meditation on trying to talk to my ancestors uh I've said this before. I I can't get to that point of actually speaking to them. I don't know why. I think it's just a blockage I have. But anyways, I think that really activated something because I could see your aura fully. <laughs> oh my god, that's so cool. I have a friend who um can see auras. He's so cool. His name's Mace, and he said I have the same colors. But like, I know the auras change. But like, yeah, those are the two that are always pretty salient for me. And do you know why they change? Or I thought like people at first I thought that people only had just one color, but then someone told me that uh, it depends on your vibrations. Or how does that work? Mm -hmm. So like um, when I went to get my aura picture taken, they said it's like different depending on like you know how you're feeling. So like at the time I was fighting with my housemate, so I had a little bit of pink, which meant like I was a little little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> But like the, um, so there's like different parts. So like in an aura picture, the left means something. And then the something on the right means like, this could be something I would look more into it. But then like the outerish layer would be like the white. And that would be like your, your guides energy. So if you have like a lot of bright light, that's a lot of guides energy. And then, um, usually like your throat chakra shows up, but like usually people will, be pretty salient with a couple of colors. Um, like green has always been persistent for me. Um, green is a uh, healing. What? Green is heal. Like you're a healer. Yes. Love that. <laughs> Wait, didn't you get your picture taken? Is that what I you're did. About? I did. Yeah, it's somewhere over there. And like on the description, it says like this is what all of these different parts mean. And ugh, another like crazy experience when I got my picture taken, the guy looks at me and he's like. Your guides really want you to know that, like, you need to drink water. Like, you're avoiding water because you have to pee and, like, you just need to drink. And I knew that was coming from my grandma because her, she showed up in a dream of mine the night before. And I called my mom. My mom said that she was in her dream, too. And me, my mom, and my grandma have really small bladders. And we don't drink enough water because of we don't want to pee. And he was yeah. like, your grandma's calling you out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love when our guides are funny. I know. They only show up to me in, like physical things like like i said i don't know i haven't had full communication with them i just see them through numbers or signs or signals or songs but they're so they're funny i love them <laughs> mm -hmm. i want to ask you about how you know how last year when i came to you about when i first found out about everything mm -hmm. okay so i do not i did not forget that <laughs> <laughs> i like you do you freaking out um so the whole the whole reason I started researching, remember, was because of George Floyd, the whole George Floyd movement. And then I, I bought that book and then I started sending you everything. I was sending you like voice memos, like screenshots. I was like, dude, what is this? Uh, what were your thoughts? I was so in it. But bro, it really resonated with me because it was hitting from all different aspects of like what I studied. Sociology supported it. History supported it. Um, spirituality supported it. Like, And then what really got me was when you like the spiritual aspect of your experience. Remember the story of when you went to the um, spiritual store to be cleansed and like the door shut? Yeah, right after I got banned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was so scary. like, yeah, that was like a confirmation for me. Like I really believed in signs and 
And, and also like, I just got out of my yoga training then. And I was like, when things feel right in my body, like, and I can listen to my intuition about it. Like, I know that there's truth to it, you know? And uh, did you said that Quan didn't believe you or like the people around you, did they believe you? Did you ever talk to them about it? They thought it was so crazy. Like Sivas, my boyfriend that I live with for the people who don't know, he, um, <laughs> would be in the other room working and I would just be in here like listening to you talking to you telling other people about it and then I would, would like go out and give him the same speech and he was like oh my god like you're gonna go crazy like da, da, da. I'm just like there's just so much to know <laughs> there is there is but how how would you relate it to sociology so sociology god I love sociology <laughs> it um <clears throat> talks a lot about manipulation and man manufacturing consent of the hegemony like of the people and so um like bureaucracies government um corporations especially in america when america is written america is driven by um an economy which is very peculiar for a very developed nation to be so run by the economy that only progresses and progresses and like the upper class and the elites gain more and more and more and everyone else, the population grows because we all have a shared lessened wealth of resources. And so, um, yeah, it talks just a lot about like the elite and the general public relation and like the different means of control between such. But what I love about sociology is that it like talks about the means of revolution for the people aside from an individual level. It starts with fixing things on a collective level from like um, waking up, what is it? Collectivizing, galvanizing, um, and then revolutionizing, like doing actual things. But like that collectivizing and that like galvanizing, like that getting everyone fired up is so important, but like hard to do without individual healing first. Do you think because of the indoctrination that like it's not the I don't trust education, but I, I don't trust education. <laughs> do you think because they own everything that they taught you everything there needs there is to know? Or do you think they manipulated some of what they taught you? Because I feel like everything they taught you is kind of going against what they're doing to us. You know, it's kind of contradicting. Mm -hmm. So this is just what I learned in sociology. In sociology, all of my classes, like I've always had dope ass professors, not always, most of the time, where they've like been very conspiracy minded. Like they would just bring like questions to class and we would just like brainstorm like, oh yeah, that's fucked up and this could be why. Like, so it was less so like what I learned from following a program, but more when I read like different theories um, by like independent theorists like um, different feminists like Bell Hooks or like Franz Fanon. He wrote about the French, the Haitian revolution against the French. And so I know that like when things are published, there's a lot of control in that. So yeah, like just always take things with a grain of salt. Yeah, I think the, the professors have a lot to do with it. Because if you're not just following the book and the professors are coming in with their own theories, that's awesome. There should mm -hmm. be more of that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like my... Uh, my kid's teacher, she was telling me, because I always talk about my conspiracy theories with her, she was telling me that her history teacher was saying, uh, just, like, to, just to let you guys know, like, you guys got a question. I want you guys to question everything, question authority, question the government. Like, don't don't be satisfied with justice, okay? Like, she was kind of hinting at, like, question the history that I'm teaching you because it might not all be true. She was like, yeah. I was really shook when she was talking about that because a teacher who got paid to teach these kids what they want us to know is saying something outside of the books, which I think should be the next step in the revolution. 
Mm-hmm. And like everything that I know about psychology could totally be false too. You know, like I, I keep what resonates through trial and error and I like add my own theory to that. But I think I like sociology because it's like a crit- critique of history. Mm-hmm. You know, like it talks about what's in the fine lines of history. So like it's obvious and non-disputable that there are racial inequity differences. Right. And so like maybe that's not written explicitly into history books, but it's a statistic that exists and like is measured. And so like sociology like looks into all the determinants of that and like theorizes, you know, but yeah. And then another um, interesting thing. So like, I'm surprised that Gonzaga had this class, but it was this class about feminist Christian doctrine. And it was basically like taking a hammer to all of Catholicism ever. (laughs) And it was like, it was saying like the Bible was written like in a context of people, a context of translation and um, a context of everything that happened before that. And then all the contexts of like all the different translations of the Bible. Who's to say Barbara citing the Bible for your weird ass <laughs> beliefs? <laughs> Wait, speaking of, I was actually, let me grab it. Hold on. I was reading, I was reading this book before I called you. Um, it's called Real Magic. And it's by this uh, professor, Dean Radden, and he studies parapsychology, which is the study of magic and vibrations and all that good stuff. And he talks about, um, I just highlighted it. He talks about hereticism. I didn't even know how to say it. Oh my God. Hereticism. Hold on. Here it is. Oh, it's hermeticism. Yes. Um, I don't know. Well, I don't know how it's spelled. How does that spell it? Hermeticism. Oh, okay. That was something that, not that I was thinking. What does that say? So it's kind of like Gnosticism, and it was actually buried by the church because people were saying, oh, the church was saying that it was um, heretical against the church. But basically what this, I guess, ideology, philosophy, it's kind of like Gnosticism and Neoplatonism. I don't know. I am so bad. (laughs) Neoplatonism? Okay. (laughs) And... And they all talk about how each human has the spark divine power within them. And he talks about how the, the, the church didn't like that. And the church wanted people to still follow their dogma and their uh, philosophies and all that stuff. And, and he talks about the Bible, too, and how it's completely misinterpreted and hmm. taken literal rather than it should have been taken. Um, what's the word? Mm, nah. Not literal. Yeah. <laughs> I was like mythological no but did you see that the bible changed the word um pedophile like our interpretation changed it from pedophile to gay mm-hmm. to homosexual okay yeah. elite agenda <laughs> they they also changed um there was another word but they've been doing that and then this guy who was kind of exposing their plan um i forget what episode i recorded it in but he has a whole uh he recorded it in front of a bunch of doctors he had this like what a seminar in front of all these doctors it was like a seminar for doctors and he was also a doctor and he was a part of the agenda and he was a part of the um i guess the coming up with the plan so he had the whole plan in front of them and he was just kind of like saying it to these doctors well one for consent spiritual consent but two to uh tell them that this is kind of going to happen within the next 30 years and he talks about how the bible is going to slowly start changing where like small words are going to start changing in the bible and no one's going to notice because each word is just going to be like replaced with another word and he he spoke about this in the 40s 50s i don't really remember that was a long that was i recorded that episode so long ago but the the information i got it from was from a um 
you know when they say speech and then they take it out why can't i think today Mm, uh, paraphrase speech? no it, it starts with a t uh the script the it's kind of like a script but oh my god why can't i think of the word describe it again okay you know when you when you have a video and then mm-hmm. they take out all the words and they put it into like a document what is oh that trans the transcript yeah there you go it was a transcript <laughs> i was reading the transcript but there's also an audio um but the transcript says everything and says everything about what's going to happen, how they're going to infiltrate medicine and make medicine and uh, healthcare go up so people can't afford it. They're going to make uh, housing prices go up so people can't afford it. Um, they're going to change the Bible word by word. They're going to change. Um, they're going to what they were doing to the low income communities. Um, Jennifer, Jen- gentrification. Yeah, they're going to do that. Um they're going to incorporate AI. So basically everything he said, like most of it's happening right now. And then he yeah. also t- talked about the credit cards not being in existence anymore, which is Bitcoin. Um, it's crazy. And everything that he said kind of came true. <laughs> it, so in his context, is they referring to the government? Um, the shadow government. <laughs> right, right. But really, was he talking about it in that context? Yeah. I'll send it to you. Okay, later. Word. Word. Because, huh. I, yeah, I don't remember where I found it, but I'll find it. Because, mm-hmm. like, so that's I, the whole time I was thinking of it from a sociological lens, because these are the exact things that, like, we dig into in sociology. But it just doesn't use the term shadow government. It just uses, like, the umbrella term of government, you know. So it's, like, missing that piece. But anyways, I'll just send it to you later. But, yeah, I feel like, obviously, like, your education's not going to tell you there's a shadow government. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and everything. But at the same time, I feel like there's a bigger force behind the shadow government. Like, I feel like the shadow government, the people we see that we think are in control, like um, the hybrid reptilians, like the queen and all that, I feel like there's still something else behind them. Like, they are just the puppets. Mm-hmm. I hear that. Do you remember when you were, um, like, when we were talking about things from, like, the beginnings of the birthing of your podcast? Mm-hmm. And, um, but, like, for a while you were saying, and I think your aunt was saying, too, and just spiritualists in general, but that there was, like, a big... Um, war going on spiritual war yeah and so like are you thinking that those forces are like the big like the big forces it's funny that you mentioned that because uh uh you know how i talk about elizabeth april a lot Mm -hmm. so i was watching her video she posted like an emergency video like two days ago and she was talking about how all these light workers all these star seeds astral traveled like a couple nights ago to close this huge portal that the dark forces had control over it was she's like i've never seen a portal that big before and it was in russia like in the middle of russia and um she was like if you feel tired today and i've been like so exhausted this whole week but i don't remember i didn't dream of it so i don't think i was there but she was like a bunch of light workers went um astral travel to this portal and transmuted that dark energy to light so now the the light side kind of is in control of that portal but she was like i've never seen anything like it It looked like a black hole and it was in complete control of like the dark side was completely controlling it the whole time and um i saw this other tiktok video of this girl saying the same thing and there's still a spiritual war going on and it's gonna get crazier and it's getting more intense because more people are are coming together like all the light workers are coming together are tapping into their gifts are astral traveling and fighting these these shadows Wow. I believe it. Yeah. Have you ever astral traveled? No, I was watching this show last night. Have you seen it on Netflix? It's called Behind Her Eyes. No. So it was like, 
I don't know, an eerie movie about astral travel. And like, um, I hadn't really like tried astral traveling before, but like, yeah, I was just really thinking about it after that show. She was like counting her fingers, picturing the details of where she wanted to astral travel and then envisioning a door to open and go there. I don't know. What is it like? Have you? No, I don't think I have. Um, the reason I say I don't think is because I think I've lucid dream instead, uh, where which is where you, you feel like you're awake and you're controlling your dream, but you're not actually awake. You're lucid dream. So I think I've done that, but I haven't astral tried. I've tried. But uh, you really do have to picture, you have to focus on your third eye and picture like a, a cord, like a silver cord um, coming out of your third eye and you pulling yourself out of it. And then that's when you will stand up and see yourself sleeping. So I haven't done that. Like I haven't seen myself sleeping. So that's why I know I haven't astral traveled. But there's so much um, danger to it too. So like if you're not ready and uh, kind of like when you open your third eye, you will see like the shadow people in your room. And it starts out as sleep paralysis. So everyone can do it. So the people who have sleep paralysis are essentially just in the first beginning stages of astral travel because that's how it starts. And then once you see the shadow person, that's when like the astral starts coming alive. And most of the times because people see shadows, it's because most of us don't know what healing is and don't know like so their their third eye is just like watching all these people in the room and they're shadow people and it's the same people every single time i've heard that people have seen the same shadow man i guess mm -hmm. um so they get scared but mm -hmm. if you release the fear and step into your power and fully step out of your body while you're in sleep paralysis you can uh astral travel but i i just haven't been able to i don't know i feel like something is blocking me i need to i need to look into it <laughs> I know, me too. I feel like, I don't know, I always try to think about, like, am I balancing, like, all five of my bodies? And, like, right now, because I'm just so stressed with everything, I feel like I wouldn't be able to because of those blockages. Yeah. But maybe I, that's just me putting it off. <laughs> I need to work on chakra healing. Do you have any advice for chakra healing? Um. So I'm actually, I wish I had done this sooner. I would have more advice. I'm getting Reiki certified in a couple weeks. and um. But the first, I'm excited. But the first time I like had gotten it done, I thought it was like, I, it wasn't exactly Reiki. It was like chakra healing, but she was using Reiki. And I thought it was bullshit at first. This was in Sedona. And um, I was told that like, I had a lot of blockages in my root chakra. And I was like, you didn't even check the other one. Well, actually, <laughs> she did check the other ones. But I was like, I could have told you I was fucked up in those ways. Like, tell me more. Yeah. And so she gave me like this like sheet that said like, this is what you can do to help like da da da. da. And um, this is like your timeline. So like, it was like from then until November 7 of 2021. So like a year span mm -hmm. that like that was my time to like heal my root chakra. So I've been using like this. I, it's like a chakra balancing grounding root. I'll like smell it and put it on my feet and like whatever every day and like help ground me. But I guess it just helps bring awareness to like where I'm in in balance. Yeah, the root one is the most important one too because it's the the base. I heard you can also eat uh, vegetables according to the color of the chakra to help and yoga poses. Mm -hmm. Specific yoga poses. I have a yoga um, and mudra meditation series for healing all the chakras on my like yoga account. <laughs> oh yeah, you gotta once you plug that in at the end, people gotta follow you. Can you explain what Reiki is for those people who don't know? Yeah, so Reiki is like an ancient Japanese healing alternative um, healing practice, and it like taps into the like univer the universal energy, so like the energy of source. 
Um, and it taps into that. And then it kind of, the person receiving Reiki has to be open to receiving the Reiki. And it's a lot of like intention. But beyond that, I couldn't tell you because I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> and how do you perform it onto someone? Um, well, I haven't. So like the way that you perform it is like you um, put your hand out and like you feel, usually don't touch, you could. But um, it's a lot of like the person performing it has to be centered and they have to like get into the state um, and then they just like feel out the energy of that person and like whatever that person is needing, whether it be like a physical ailment, emotional, any of the five bodies, um, they can draw on the energy of source to heal that person without it being like, you know, maybe it is a specific intention or not. I don't know that part yet. <laughs> it's kind of like a... a electronic electronic electrical electromagnetic uh, massage right mm -hmm. yeah my aunt did reiki on me um last summer i think but it was so crazy because not only is she she healing me but she's also like reading my entire body like she was like you have knee pain like i feel your knee pain i was like yeah like i, I have awful knees and then she told me what chakras were closed and she told me like my third eye and she she was like your throat chakra is completely blocked or your heart chakra is completely blocked and but it's also for she told me that like reiki is not a, like a one and done thing like she obviously like gave me some healing to my knee but if you want to like continually continuously see progress you have to keep going it's kind of like therapy mm -hmm. i want to i want to learn more of that yeah, I'll let I you know if I have any epiphanies. <laughs> yes, I try to give my cat Reiki all the time. <laughs> really? I used to give Nico Reiki, my old dog. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. I'm just like going over her, but then she thinks I'm going to pet her because you're putting your hand <laughs> over them. So she thinks I'm going to pet her and she goes like, she moves her head up and I'm just like, no, I'm trying to heal you. <laughs> Don't <Yeah>. move. <laughs> Sometimes I do that with Nugget too, my cat. I'll just like look into his eyes and I'm like, oh, I see what you need. <laughs> I just like stare at my cat. I'm just like, oh yeah, me too. I feel it too. <laughs> we just have conversations all the time. <laughs> but then when my cat starts looking somewhere else and gets scared, I'm like, none of that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want that here. No. Yeah. Apparently they heal. Like their purring is like a frequency to heal. Aww. <laughs> yeah. So every time she like lays on my heart, I'm like, oh, she's trying to so heal. cute. So cute. Oh. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? I don't know. I feel like... It's time to speak your truth. <laughs> Shoot. Oh, okay. So, um, like, using... So, like, art and fidgeting with toys. This is something that I just felt called to say. Like, using art and fidgeting with toys helps activate different parts of your brain so that you can, like, access different parts of your consciousness. So, like, if you have a blockage while you're talking, if you fidget with some with something, that can help expand your brain consciousness. Um, also, like, art or any kind of, like, expression, even if you think you have nothing to say, can help sometimes. Um, so those are two things that I've, like, tools that I've been using. Doesn't that correlate with ADHD, though? Yeah, it does. Um, when you, like, your left brain and your right brain, like, so one example that I'll do with clients sometimes is, like, take your right hand to your left knee, your left hand to your right knee, and you keep doing that. And then you do it backwards with like touching the feet and that right left brain crossing helps increase attention and like social, emotional awareness, emotional intelligence. Oh, wow. Love that. Yeah. Have you heard of hemisync um, frequency? Mm -mm. So it's a, it's a frequency kind of like, um, kind of like the other ones, like the, 
what are the, the popular ones like 580 or 520 or whatever hertz oh, yeah. fre- frequency so i guess hemisync is a specific one that tries to sync both of your brains together so you can meditate to it and it will give you a wider awareness and also help with telekinesis whoa okay i'm looking it up right now hemisync like s-y-n-c mm-hmm. okay cool no thank you i have that now yeah, when I was um, learning more about telekinesis and because um, I kept seeing videos on my TikTok of people like moving the rocks with their hand, you know, mm-hmm. and since we're all energy, we can do it. And I've been practicing that and I can do it when I'm really, really focused. And I can also turn off uh, flames. Like if I lit a match and it's the flame, I can turn it off in my mind. I can also make clouds disappear. So when I was like looking into it, the reason... Uh, people are better at it than others is well one practice two is hemisync is syncing both of your brains to actively be active at the same time and also your energy i think it's so crazy because we can all do it we're all psychic yeah but we've been indoctrinated to think we're not we're more than we're nothing but this physical yeah crazy speaking of being more than the physical did you know that there are more than seven chakras Mm mm-hmm I recently learned that there's like 15. Yeah, it goes above, like, and then isn't there ones that like are lower? Mm-hmm. But like the lower isn't like low, low. Like I think 11 is like connection to the earth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why people were mad about how like New Age and um, how it got westernized or whatever that we're not learning where everything comes from, like with each culture and we're like appropriating it, I guess. Um and not appreciating where it actually comes from because I know that the beyond the seven chakras is is far more than just the westernized version because I guess this white man was the one who introduced the and it's not even chakras I guess it's chakras or something I don't know people were getting so mad that we weren't doing it right or not appreciating where this stuff comes from I guess people don't like looking into it beyond what's on what's trending you know and I understand like I get it I get the frustration especially like uh Two days ago, there was a video of this man getting mad that we're using spirit animals and spirit guides. Um, he was like, that is from my culture, like your culture appropriating or whatever. And like, I don't really understand that concept of culture appropriating because I feel like that's kind of like gatekeeping. I mean, I feel like there is a difference between appreciating where the material and the concepts come from and rather than just being ignorant to it and just doing it in a selfish way, you know, but mm-hmm. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I think about all the time, like the so like before when I would travel, like I would be very cognizant about like the original population that lived here, like the ancient wisdom of the land per se, and like the energies that have encapsulated the space. So like um, on that tangent, um, Native Americans, I love how in indigenous cultures, well, not just Native Americans, like indigenous cultures really they like say thank you to the earth. They appreciate where their resources are coming from. And I think the same can be said for like people today and the people before them too, you know, like really get getting into the root and bringing awareness to the ancient wisdom that it has roots in and like saying thank you before you just like, I'm going to use this and this I benefit, but like being in one with like, just like you say, thank you to your guides when they give you information, you know? Yeah. yeah, someone else got mad at me for using Palo Santo because I had a TikTok video about it. And she was like, if you're not Latin American, if you're not Latin American, you can't use it. And like that just got me thinking when I saw the other video, too. I was like, 
but I am like acknowledging where it comes from and I am grateful for it, obviously. But I feel like spirituality as a whole has a little bit of everything, a little bit of each culture. And I feel like that's kind of like the new age mistake of not teaching people, you know, that Mm -hmm. and teaching people the awareness and appreciation of it. Yeah. And I think that brings up the conversation of like, um, you know, these, this terminology or like how we are so socially divided and how like, instead of saying like, I don't know, I can't speak for like whatever, but like, so I'm Filipino. So I would want all of my cool traditions to like, not be solely to the Filipino culture, but like for me to bring it and teach it, you know? So like, it's like all appreciated respect to the culture that it came from, but also like, let's bring this into a pot and share our well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know if it's just a Mexican thing because I'm Mexican, but every New Year's we do all these rituals and I've seen other Americans do it too now. And I'm just like, yes, like you guys are doing it too. We do some weird, weird things. Like we, we take a suitcase and walk around the house like three times. Really? (laughs) Yeah. And then we like bury coins in the ground. Well, we used to do this when we were little, we stopped doing it, but, and then you have to eat 12 grapes before midnight like each second (laughs) each second you have to eat a grape and I would choke every time (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my mom would always put coins in all the windowsills all the lights had to be on all the doors had to be open and we had to have we didn't have to eat 12 grapes but we had to have 12 big fruits oh love that I love that better than choking on grapes (laughs) and like your girl will be hungry sometimes (laughs) just like swallow them all and just like gulp (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh all right. So any last words, questions, phrases, anything? <laughs> Namaste, baby. <laughs> Love that. But yeah, um, thank you. Thank you for having me. This is such so fun. Thank you for being on. I've been wanting to have you on for a while. I know you've been yeah. busy with school, so. Yeah, I'm glad we could do it. And yeah, it's so cool to see like all of your success and your following. I remember when like you were in the beginning and um like different people were telling you like you are about to pop off like you have so many messages and like seeing you deliver your messages with such grace and being a part of it namaste (laughs) i love you thank you (laughs) all right so give people where they can find you because i really want them to follow your yoga stuff too okay so my yoga page on instagram is matri integration it's m-a-i-t-r-i and then integration, all one word, I-N-T-E-R-G-R-A-T-I-O-N. And um, Maitri is compassion, compassion for self and others. And so like, I just experienced that through like my divine feminine, but um, yeah, all about cultivating compassion, self-healing. And that's what I'm about. Love that. Do you still do Zoom yoga classes? I do. Sometimes I haven't recently. I probably will when I graduate, but um I mean, like, if I feel called to do it for, like, a moon or something, I'll do that. You should. You should. Mostly right now, I'm just, like, creating content and posting it. Love that. All right. Make sure you guys follow her. Um, do you want to give your personals out, too, or just the yoga one? It's Jazzy Pawazi. I don't know. I'll just leave it at that. If you really want to find me, you'll find me. <laughs> yeah, I'll just link down your... Um information in the show notes but thank you so much for being on and thank you guys for sticking with us and listening to our conversation today i hope you guys have an amazing friday and i will catch you guys next week love you bye